Brock Christopher, born April 30th, 2005. He is our family's greatest blessing, and this is his story. You're listening to the Look Above the Clouds podcast, where we cry together, laugh together, and learn from each other. Everyone experiences storms in life, but during the storm, there are always rainbows that come. Whether they're in the form of a family member, friend, or complete stranger, our Heavenly Father always sends them to help ease our burden. I hope you can find the tender mercies during your storm as you listen to others share their stories. And never forget to take time to look above the clouds. Welcome to episode one of Look Above the Clouds podcast. I'm so excited to sit down and tell you the story of our little guy, Brock. He is the reason why I've decided to start this podcast. I know there's so many of us out there who have dealt with losing a child or a spouse or a loved one and the pain that it can bring. And I hope that by us sharing our stories, it can bring some peace or hope for those that are going through this difficult time. So let's get started. Uh, April 2005, my husband and I had a beautiful little three-year-old girl and we were 37 weeks pregnant with our second child um, who was a little boy that we named Brock. He actually had come after a miscarriage that we had had in 2004 and so we were so excited that we were pregnant, everything was great, I had a wonderful pregnancy, Um, Brock was perfect. Um, I went into the doctor on a Thursday afternoon, he checked me, he told me I was um, two centimeters dilated in early labor and that it was a good thing he was on call this weekend because he was probably going to see me. Um, So I went home I did all the things that everyone tells you to do to start labor. Um, I had Mexican for dinner. I went on a long walk. Like, I was determined to continue to go into labor. I was secretly hoping that he would um, come May 1st. That was my plan, was to just go into the hospital May 1st, which was Sunday, tell him I was uncomfortable, and he would just go ahead and take me and start me. Um just because our oldest was also born in April. So I thought, well, let's shoot for May 1st. So we have one in April and one in May. Anyway, so we did all that. Um, I woke up Friday morning feeling a little bit of contractions, but nothing too crazy. Um, But by 10.30, I realized that I hadn't felt him move. And my mom called and I was telling her and she was like, oh, I wish he wouldn't have said anything to you yesterday. You're just overthinking everything now. I'm sure it's all fine. Um, My husband's grandma called to check on me and I kind of told her and she said, oh, every baby gets calm before the storm. It's going to happen. It's going to be any day. And I'm not a race to the doctor kind of person. So I didn't really stress out about it too much. I went about my day, uh, went and got my nails done. I laid on my left side for two hours and never felt him. Um, So finally, by about five o'clock, I decided I would give the doctor's office a call and just see. And 
So I left a message and my husband and I decided to pack our stuff and head towards um, towards his parents' hardware store that's right there by by the hospital so that if they called us and told us to come in, we would be ready. So about 6.30, my phone rings and it's the hospital and they're calling me back to tell me that they want me to go ahead and come in and see what's going on. So we left our oldest with his parents and we went into the hospital. We got there and they took us into the triage room where they tried to hook up um, the heartbeat monitor and she tried my left side and then she tried my right side and she didn't find a heartbeat on either side and she just left. She didn't say anything. And my husband said, well, she didn't say anything. And I said, yeah, but it's not hard to find a full-term heartbeat on a monitor. It's on one side of your stomach or the other. So anyways, she comes back with an ultrasound machine and she says, now, um, I'm not an ultrasound technician, so this isn't going to be perfect. And she proceeds to do an ultrasound and then she just left. And my husband again said, she didn't say anything. And I said, yeah, but I'm pretty good at telling what's what on an ultrasound, and I didn't see anything moving on that ultrasound. So at this point, you know, we know what's going on, but I still think we were in a little bit of denial and didn't want to face the reality. So she comes back in and she says, your doctor will be here in 15 minutes. 20 minutes later, our doctor, Dr. McKernan, um, walked through the curtain And he said, Jessica, I am so sorry. And at that point, the reality became real. And I knew that that my little guy was gone. Um, sorry. I remember being so angry, staring at the ceiling and just I am such a baby freak. I love newborns. They're my favorite. And I just remember staring at the ceiling and saying, I can't do this. I can't go through nine months of this and not come home with a baby again. I just can't do it. And um, while I'm willowing in self-pity, my husband's trying to reassure me it's all going to be okay. Uh, Our doctor was performing his own ultrasound so that he could see if he could figure out what exactly is wrong with him and what happened you know he remembers checking me on Thursday and he remembers feeling his head and he remembers it moving and he had a strong heartbeat so he's just as stumped as we are Um, after he finished the ultrasound he came over to the side of the bed and took my hand and um, rather than being a doctor and telling me you know you're gonna have to be induced we're gonna have to deliver him the first thing he said to me was, you need a blessing. And for those that are not of our faith, we are members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we believe in our church that the priesthood, that the men hold in our church, they can perform blessings for different purposes. My kids get one for the beginning of each school year. You get one if you're ill or hurt or if you just need a little bit extra guidance or something. And So I just remember being so grateful that that was the first thing that he said, that it really brought me back to, okay, you know, this isn't the end. There's a reason for what's happening, and um, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to get through this. So we proceeded to call our parents and tell them and, you know, tell them that 
we were going to have to do this. Um, another thing that was super helpful that my doctor did was after he made the comment about needing a blessing, he proceeded to tell us about his daughter who had died 24 years prior to that day. Uh, he was in med school and she had congenitive heart failure and he got pulled out of school, out of medical school. They came and got him and told him that he needed to get to the NICU because she wasn't going to make it and he needed to say his goodbyes. So that was that was really comforting for me to know that he had been through something similar. Um, so anyways, our our families got there. My dad, my husband, and my doctor gave me a priesthood blessing. Um, to be honest, I don't remember what was said in the blessing, but I do know that I felt an extreme amount of peace. And I remember Dr. McKernan kneeling down to me after the blessing and asking me if I felt the spirit that was in that room, that he had never really felt anything like it, and that he knew that Brock was there and that we were going to get through this together. Sorry, I knew I couldn't get through this without crying. Um, and I was just so grateful that he shared the same faith as me, that he could keep the perspective the same as what I knew my perspective needed to be. So we proceeded to be induced. At this point, it was probably 8.30, 9 o'clock at night, so our family went home. And um, by about 5 o'clock, I was ready to push, and we decided that we would let um, our moms sleep a little bit later. And so we didn't call them until about 5.45, and then when they got to the hospital... My mom had the wonderful thought and real, uh, suggested that we do hand and foot molds of Brock. And so my mother-in-law ended up running to Walmart, getting my husband some food and getting the supplies so that we could get hand and foot molds after he was born. So by the time all of that took place, it was time for me to push. And obviously we were in a hurry because he was already gone and so... It was just kind of when we were ready. Um, Brock was born at 6.30 on April 30th, 2005. And it was an easy labor. I just remember crying through pushing. I'm not sure how much help I was. Um, but to know that I had just delivered a baby that didn't cry... Um, yeah, that sucked. It really sucked. I remember after delivering him and them setting the bed up and me seeing him laying in the in the bassinet across the room and just crying. And they let me hold him and I held him for a while and then I passed him off to my husband and when I gave him to my husband he said, come on dude, you were supposed to help me be tied. We were going to be two boys and two girls. And that was, of course, hard for me to hear. Um, anyways, so we did the hand and foot molds and held him. They took him back and gave him a bath and got him dressed in the outfit that he was supposed to come home from the hospital in. It was an outfit that my my mom's brother had worn home from the hospital, and then each of my mom's four kids, as well as our oldest, had all worn it home, and we decided that it would be appropriate for Brock to wear it home. 
and so that's the outfit that he's buried in. When they brought him back to me from giving him a bath, they brought him with a stuffed giraffe that I actually still have on my bed. And each of my kids have their own stuffed giraffes just like it. And giraffes took on a whole new meaning that day. Um, I have them all over my house and each of my kids have giraffe blankets. And anyway, that was a sweet tender mercy to have something that we as a family coordinate with Brock. When we see a giraffe, we think of Brock. Um, as I was holding him, they had the grief counselor come in and talk to me about where I wanted to bury him. And, you know, I didn't, I didn't know any, any of that. I had never had to think of any place to bury a child. And so thankfully, again, my doctor had just come in at that time and he told me where his daughter was buried. And so we decided to go to the same cemetery his daughter is buried in. Um, when I had to give him up and they took him, I, my mom actually took him from me and, and walked him out of the room so that I wouldn't have to watch a nurse. And that was another tender mercy of that day. I, uh, but Driving home from the hospital with an empty car seat, going home to an empty baby's room, an empty crib, was hard. Another tender mercy, though, in that situation was we were supposed to be having a baby shower for him the next weekend, and I'm so grateful that that didn't happen. I'm so grateful that I came home to an empty room and an empty crib, but not a bunch of baby clothes and toys and items that we would have been gifted from our friends that essentially would have had no no purpose. So that was a huge, a huge blessing for me. Um, Brock was buried uh, in Rest Haven Cemetery in Glendale, Arizona, in a place that they call Babyland. Um, my doctor came to the funeral. He said the closing prayer for us. And he, like I said, his little girl is also buried in that cemetery. And that was such a huge, huge blessing for me and a, a, a piece of comfort for me through all of this. Um, the funeral was just a little graveside viewing with some friends and family. Um, we released balloons to him. And that is in a tradition that we have continued for the last, uh, it'll be 16 years, I guess, when this airs. Um, we always release white balloons with baby blue string because that's what we did on the day of his funeral. You know, it's funny what you think you can handle or can't handle. Um, we had a lady that went to church with us who talked to me after Brock passed away. We were talking and she had had a little boy that had passed away a few years earlier than that that I don't remember exactly what he had, had passed from, but he was three days old. He had been in the NICU and you know, she had got to see his eyes and she had got to hear him cry and, and see him alive. And, and I just remember thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so grateful that I didn't see Brock's eyes or I didn't hear him cry because I just feel for me, that would have been a huge thing that I would have had to grieve. Does that make sense? Like I was grateful for what I was given 
and she was grateful for what she was given. And it just made me realize that our Heavenly Father knows what we can and can't handle. You know, if you had asked me 16 and a half years ago if I thought I could handle losing a child, I would have told you absolutely not. Um, But looking back, I feel I've handled it with grace and with, um, I don't know, purpose. I don't know the right word, but I'm just grateful. As silly as that sounds, I'm so grateful for that trial. I'm grateful that Heavenly Father entrusted me to give that baby a body. Um, And he entrusted me to be the mom of an angel. I have been blessed over the last 16 years to be there for so many people who have been through similar situations, who have lost children. Um, For a time, I was a volunteer photographer for Now I Lay Me Down to Sleep. And I did, I don't even know how many sessions I did, but as hard as that was, I felt the closest to Brock when I was doing those sessions. And I'm so grateful that I've had the opportunity. Some of those people that I met doing those are some of my dearest friends now. Um, we just have such a connection, you know. Like I said, the it's a sucky club to belong to, but I'm grateful that there are other people that belong to it so that we're not alone, so that we can walk with each other, that we can mourn with those that mourn and comfort those that stand in need of comfort. Um, Brock has always been a part of our, our family. We have a cabinet dedicated to some of his things with pictures for my maternity session. That was another tender mercy is, you know, 16 years ago, maternity sessions weren't really a popular thing. They were just kind of starting and I went to a lady that went to church with me that did photography and I asked her if she would be willing to do maternity pictures and she thought I was a little weird. Um, But she ended up doing them for me and besides the pictures I have of Brock at the hospital and the mortuary, those are the only pictures I have with him. They're the only pictures we have as a family of four. Um, The same lady also came after Brock died Um, and offered to come to the funeral and take pictures. I would have never thought of that, but I cherish those pictures she got from the funeral. They mean, they mean the world to me. And I, I truly mean that. Um, I'm grateful for the people who stepped into our lives and showed us kindness and, you know, whether that was feeding us or just letting us know that they were thinking about us. Um, my, great-gram and great-aunt that lived in California were so good at sending me cards. I mean, they would, they sent me cards and flowers right after it happened, and then they sent me a card a couple weeks later, and they sent me a card a couple weeks after that. You know, they, they sent cards for a few months afterwards, and it just made me feel so special that, that they weren't forgetting him, because it's so easy for everyone else to go on in their life and and move on and and forget but for our family it was a reality every day that we we didn't have that little guy um but we were blessed with our third child two weeks shy of Brock's one year um our son was born 
another little boy on April 17th, 2006. And that was a huge, a huge blessing that come April 30th, 2006, a year later, my arms were filled with this rainbow baby that filled a void in my heart. When that little guy was born, I remember him coming out and crying and I just yelling, he's crying and his eyes are open. He's crying and his eyes are open. And man, it's crazy the things you take for granted when you deliver healthy babies. But I was just so grateful that he he was okay and and that everything went smoothly. The lessons that I've learned over the last 16 years because of Brock, I would have never learned. And how grateful I am that I've had that opportunity to learn those and to be there for others. And again, like I said in the beginning, that's why I'm starting this podcast is I really feel strongly that there are people out there who can hear my story and the stories of those I'm going to share and can feel some peace and some comfort knowing that they're not alone. You know, life is hard right now, and it's hard for a lot of us in many different ways, but I know without a shadow of a doubt that we are on this earth with each other for a reason, and that is to walk through this life together with one another. Um, And I'm grateful that I have this platform that I can hopefully touch somebody out there in honor of my little guy. And we'll see where this goes and, and how many people we can touch. But even if we just touch one, I'm grateful. And I know that Brock will be, will be proud of me. So that's Brock's story. Brock Christopher, born April 30th, 2005. The greatest blessing our family has ever known. And I'm so grateful that I get to be his mom and that his dad and I can look forward to raising him again one day and seeing him in heaven and hearing about all the work that he's been doing up there. If you know of anybody that may be going through similar situation or just a hard time that maybe could use this story to see the good that came from it, if you could please share this podcast, I'd be so very grateful. If you or anyone you know would like to share your story, I would love to interview you. You can reach out to me on Instagram at lookabovetheclouds. And we can set up a time to get together and talk about a time in your life where you had to look above the clouds to find the rainbow. I know that by sharing your story, others will benefit from it as well. So please reach out. Thank you again for listening to this podcast and for being here. Please remember as you go about life, if there is ever times where you are in a storm, to look above the clouds. God always sends a rainbow.